Hello, everybody. Welcome to the State of Mind podcast, bringing you conversations about mental health that change lives. My name is Mike Stroh. I'm living in long-term recovery from a variety of mental health and addiction problems. I am a practicing psychotherapist, public speaker, and mindfulness teacher. My hope is that by listening to this podcast, you will learn that you are empowered by your experience, not inhibited. And through these conversations, you will get insight into how you can cultivate your innate capacity for resilience and well-being. On today's episode, I'm honored to have Dr. Julia Sen, who is a registered clinical and counseling psychologist in Ontario. She has over 20 years of experience compassionately working with adult individuals, couples, and groups on their journey to healing and growth. Dr. Sen believes that psychotherapy is based on providing a warm, safe, and supportive environment where clients feel comfortable expressing their emotions and needs. She integrates her learning from cognitive, behavioral, emotion-focused, and client-centered therapies and works with clients to create meaningful change in their lives. She has created various transformation programs to creatively unlock our innate wisdom and to navigate life with greater ease and flow. She has a special interest in parenting, fertility, and inner child work. Dr. Sen believes that anything is possible. She is known as the possibility psychologist Dr. Sen is on a mission to awaken the possibility within each of us. On this episode, we talk about a variety of topics, such as the development of healthy attachment in families, inner child work, empathy and compassion, parenting, how to become resilient and engaged in our lives. We do a live practice using her BFAB technique, and we discuss some of the big challenges facing teens today, social media, and how we can let our kids take off into the world as they become adults while maintaining our connection to them. I hope you find this conversation helpful. Dr. Sen is always a wonderful source of insight and wisdom. So without further ado, I bring you Dr. Julia Sen. Hi. (laughs) Hello. <laughs> so, so Julia, can you please just introduce yourself and give us a little bit more background about what brings you here and what uh, you're focused on right now in your work and in your, I guess, interests in life? Yeah. So as you know, I'm a psychologist and uh, over the years I've been really focused on pivoting over the last few years, I should say, and I've pivoted into a focus in parenting. So I've done infertility counseling for years and years, which is definitely still close to my heart. And thankfully, several of my clients have actually turned into parents. So it naturally converted into more parenting, which again is has always been my passion as a since a little kid. I actually wanted to be a pediatrician as a child because I wanted to help children. And I realize now it's come full circle by becoming um, someone who works with parents that I am helping their children. Mm. So even though I'm an adult psychologist, I am actually helping the kids. And so that's been really awesome to, to sort of recognize. So yeah, so now my focus has really been about uh, helping parents really understand the importance of belonging in the family, having what really a secure attachment looks like and how to provide that, and learning how to pause 
because pausing is something we don't do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Can you explain a little bit about sort of the attachment stuff and how we understand attachment, generally speaking, in society and the whole insight into that, into families and into relationships and how people Mm -hmm. generally learn from their attachment styles. Yeah, totally. So I don't actually think that when parents enter into the land of parenting that they even understand or know this concept of what attachment is. I think that's very psychology-oriented and we know, so it feels Mm -hmm. like everyone should know, but actually they don't. And so I think it's really important for us to simplify what attachment is. And Dr. Dan Siegel's work is excellent on that. So anyone who wants to learn about, you know, attachment, Dr. Dan Siegel is the way to go. But he says, we want our children to feel seen. We want them to feel safe. And we want them to feel soothed or comforted. So the three S's lead to secure attachment. And what does that look like? So in a family, it would be, you know, there's my child, they're upset about something, let's say that happened at school. And so when they come home and they're telling me that, I'm going to pause and I'm going to actually stop and I'm going to see them, right? They're going to feel me seeing them. So I'm present, I'm there. And then uh, they're going to feel comforted by me, depending on what they're saying. I'm going to soothe them through empathy, right? Which is something we also tend not to do. So they come home, that person was mean to me. We jump to solutions like, ah, who needs them, right? You know, or... Or, well, did you want me to go and talk to their parent, right? You know, that, and so it becomes solution focused. And now suddenly we're no longer seeing them or soothing them. Hmm. So we're losing that, right? And we want to come back to actually stopping, pausing, seeing, and then saying, wow, that sounds like it was a hard day. Or that sounds like it, it must have felt terrible when your close friend said that to you, right? And pause there, just empathize. And then after the pause, when they feel seen and soothed, then we can troubleshoot things, mm. right? Now, when I say secure attachment in this case, when when we talk about attachment in psychology, we talk about infancy, right? But it could be extended out into any age, the way I see it, mm. right? So the the goal here is to always be, am I seeing them for what they're saying? Am I soothing them? Am I hearing them? Am I empathizing? And overall, am I keeping them safe? Am I helping them feel safety here? That's the goal. Nice. And can you describe another well-known psychologist, although not the psychologist that helps people? (laughs) At least I've heard him describe it that way, Paul Bloom. So there's, you're a clinical psychologist, Mm -hmm. and those are the people that generally help people, right? As opposed to a social psychologist or a organizational psychologist, that kind of thing. So Paul Bloom wrote a book against empathy. Mm. Yeah. And it was, it's really interesting idea, but I just, to clarify how we, because his argument is if we empathize, if we take on the emotions of our kids, so to speak, Mm. and I think sometimes there's all kinds of different, I think, perspectives or understandings of empathy yeah Uh, so the argument in some sense is when we take on the emotions of others we tend to be biased and we tend to make decisions that are not necessarily ideal so can you just distinguish 
between that idea and sort of how we we can empathize in those moments and not get caught up in the emotions of our kids. Totally, totally. Thank you for actually bringing that up because it's huge. Uh, And I think that is where parents go wrong. They think they're empathizing, but they're just picking up the emotion that the child is experiencing. And then now they're flustered. Right, right. So the child is left going okay no one's supporting me and maybe i should actually support my parent now (laughs) (laughs) instead yeah Uh, so that empathy yes so empathy where we are standing with our child Mm -hmm. let's say they've fallen into a pit right you know we don't want to jump into the pit with them right yes and this was something i heard from from uh, uh, a south asian I guess, guru, um, mm-hmm. Shivani, and she was beautiful. She's like, we don't want to fall in the pit with them, right? The idea is our, our hand is reaching down into the pit, but I'm still stable and up here mm-hmm. so that I can mm-hmm. help you out. Mm. And, you know, you might shift into compassion then, right? Where sure. it's, I see you, I hear you, I understand it, and I can help you through it, right? right together. So... That's how I differentiate it. So we don't want to fall into the pit, right? Yes, but we want yes. to really understand what they're experiencing and reflect that back to them, right? Okay, and and that I can't remember if you mentioned it already. Your the this idea of belonging and attachment and what was the other component? I think you had belonging. Maybe you can sort of describe how you framing the work now in yeah. that context, and then so we go from the kid who's dysregulated having a hard time to these other things that you totally work on. Yeah. totally i mean i, I my <laughs> it's the abc model is how i call it so we're really we're relearning our abcs as parents and uh, the a of course is for attachment and so understanding that piece which at a basic level is seeing soothing and keeping them okay, safe yeah, yeah and then the b is for belonging so we as humans have a tribal need for belonging. And of course, back in the day, hundreds of years ago, it mattered for our safety. So if we didn't belong, we were outside of the tribe, we were gonna be eaten by a tiger or a lion, and that's the end of us. So it's, it's built in. So there's a fear that is induced when we're not in our tribe. That's still carried forward to today in our genetics, like in our cells. Yes. So, even though it's not true, there's no tigers uh, here, at least in North America, where we're going to be eaten, then uh, we need to soothe and comfort that part when we're fearing that we don't belong. So in the family, to me, if we don't help our children feel like they belong as they are, Mm. then we're already inducing fear in their system. And then we throw them out into the world and school and everything else where, of course, there's a new level of belonging. And now they're, they're also flailing. And so we have two unstable places. And so our entire, our children's entire system gets overwhelmed with anxiety. And then we want them to do homework and we want them to do well and keep organized and make sure their backpack is clean and, and that they remember to bring home their mitt and, you know, like all the rest of it. <laughs> so, but it's not going to happen Unless we have that like stable, I call it a belonging bridge, right? Because it bridges us into mm. self-actualizing. When the belonging bridge is unstable, that's all we're focused on. It's like, how do I, like this bridge is not working for me. I can't get to self-actualizing, right? So I always equate it to Maslow's hierarchy of needs and safety being, okay, we're giving them food, shelter, etc. 
the security is again in the home feeling that sense of belonging that's the first part of the bridge and then the second part of the bridge is friendships so i can only control the the home part as the parent so that's where i want to make sure my focus is Mm -hmm. on helping them belong right how let's go back to the original example of child is dysregulated we what was the a again so attach oh, for you, this right. one is, yeah <laughs> thank just, you yeah right for this one my memory short-term recall is not working very well at the moment um so we can sort of be present with them create that sense of belonging or safety soothing and what was the last one security seeing, what? seeing, seeing. soothing right, and safe yeah. nice dan siegel and his are those dan siegel acronyms yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's all about the acronyms totally yeah um so am i that's a- <laughs> yeah that's good it's good and then I think I'll just use myself as a test case. Sure. So in those situations where I struggle in my own mind is, is to let go of in those moments, the narrative in my mind that depending on the cause of the dysregulation, you could say, if it's self-induced or whatever that means, if, if my child has behaved in a way that is not appropriate, right or is not conducive to cohesion in a family unit uh-huh. <laughs> uh, making that point or i i get stuck in you need to understand that this is not acceptable hmm. prior to letting go of that because i'm stubborn or perhaps i'm dysregulated or i'm tired or i'm busy hmm. i think there's two questions here and and i have a tendency to make ask five at once. (laughs) So I'm going to try to just ask two. One is that tension between our impulse to lecture or describe why what they're doing is wrong and kind of give them that teacher-esque, here's Mm -hmm. why you're wrong and this is not okay and here's what you need to do to get a good mark on the test kind of idea to be a good kid. And then yeah, so I struggle with that tension there of yeah. wanting to go there instead of being present with them in that moment first so that I can then totally do what you're suggesting here. Totally. Maybe we could walk through a little scenario where I apply those things in that moment. Completely. <clears throat> Completely. So before you jump into that, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. Our goal for our children, like as adults, ultimately, is to be confident. Right. Right. Like to to step out into the world confidently so that they can do whatever they want to do and be whoever they want to be and all of those things. Yes. Yes. Right. So that is part of the C's of my formula. So the Mm -hmm. attachment, belonging, and the C's are compassion, courage, and then confidence. Nice. Right. Yeah. So those are the components. But the, the, key here is I want to just make sure we're all on the same page that ultimately we want to get there. Right. Right. Because then they can be successful. They can be happy. They can do all the things if they're confident, right, internally. So I go for this thing called unconditional confidence uh, is is my goal now. And that comes out of Adlerian therapy. Okay. And it, uh, I don't know a lot about it in terms of what Adler was trying to say, but I read about it in a book called The Courage to be Disliked uh, by some Japanese authors who I'm so sorry, I cannot remember the name of in this moment. That's a great what a um, great title. I know, right? Yeah. Exactly. A client of mine told me about it and uh-huh. I was like, oh my, that's amazing. Yeah. So so I read it and it was amazing. And uh, from it came this concept of unconditional confidence. And my, my mind went, bing, 
that's what we want for our kids, not unconditional love, right? Unconditional love, of course, is going to be there. Every parent says they unconditionally love their child. And it's not true yes, <laughs> because yes. the behaviors make it conditional or these lectures yeah. that we give that you're talking about like yes, that, yes. it immediately makes it conditional. Yes. If you do well on your test, then all of a sudden they feel all the joy and the love from yes. us. So it is conditional. So I'm kind of let go of this trying to get people to understand what unconditional love is and how to give it. <laughs> yeah. And I've switched into unconditional confidence, right? Which is how do we help them feel confidence? And it goes back to that ABC model, right? Help them feel a secure attachment. Help them feel like they belong as they are, mm -hmm. right? And use compassion and that comforting and the belonging to help them have courageous steps so right. they can become confident. Right. Right. Like that's the idea. So if we're going to go back to this example that you're talking about, I went on a tangent just to give no, that's helpful. Yeah. a bird's eye yeah. view of this. Right. So you were going to describe the model in this moment that I was saying of I'm caught in those two worlds of mm -hmm. conditional love <laughs> or conditional confidence yes. and, and dealing with my own struggle in that totally. moment. Totally. So there. So here's a scene. You have a dysregulated child who you feel is behaving inappropriately, and you want to get them to stop and understand that this is not okay. Yes. Right. Okay. Uh, and yes. everybody is going, yeah. Okay. I've seen that. Done that. Yeah. <laughs> so. So the the first step there. And it sounds like it takes a long time, what I'm about to tell you, but it really doesn't, especially once we practice it. Mm -hmm. So the first step is actually to just pause and take a breath. Okay. Just take a breath. They're doing their thing. They're they're already kind of losing it. They're tantruming. They're having, you know, an, an outrage of some sort for whatever uh, for whatever reasons. And you're just gonna breathe. Okay. Right out of the gate, I want you to do like a four second inhale, six second exhale. In through the nose and out through the mouth or the nose. And in the moment, we would do that maybe three times. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't take long, obviously, because we're doing it literally, we're counting 10 seconds each time, right? Mm -hmm. So it's 30 seconds, and we're already regulating our system. Now, I learned that breath from a friend of mine, Dr. Nawaz Habib, who is a vagus nerve guy. And so he talks about how it regulates the vagus nerve so quickly by doing that breath, which I love. So it's researched. This is backed up. Mm -hmm. um, the next part is to then be able to approach them with that empathy. Right? So now I'm going to qualify this a little bit. If they're in full on emotional tantrum explosion, we're not actually going to be able to do anything. We need to kind of wait that out with the breath. Right. That's a really important point because yeah. I think at times we escalate in those moments because we think they should be able to respond and they're not. And then we, I'll speak for myself. Then I increase my own agitation or something like that to meet theirs because I think that's what is needed and so how do we, in my, I guess in my experience, I will, I've gotten much better at letting go and realizing this person, 
this child is not capable of having any interaction with me at this moment. So yes, I'll at this moment. Yeah, exactly. I'll, yeah, I'll stop. Yeah. I'll just stop and I'll either... My tendency is to withdraw. Hmm. So I'll walk away. And that's a bit of a self... I can never say this. Self-soothing practice. Uh, if I am able and it seems like they want me there, I'll stay Mm -hmm. and try to help them regulate. And I guess that's a bit of that in between, because you said, I kind of interrupted you when you were saying, if they are totally out of it, Mm -hmm. there's no chance of this happening at the moment. Yeah, exactly. We're not going to empathize. We're not going to do any of that because they can't hear that. Right. Uh, Energetically, like our presence is usually important. So if we do need to walk away and you know you're going to do that, at a separate time, I would be telling this child, like, if daddy walks away when you're like freaking out or having a tantrum, it's not because I don't love you. I do. I just need to step away because it's hard for me. Yes. Right. And I'll be back. So just... Qualify that at a separate time yeah. when they can understand it. It just helps a little bit so Agreed. they don't feel Agreed. abandoned. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, the If we can stay present uh, with their tantrum, again, it's not words. It's me breathing so I can stay present and calm and, and recognize for myself that this is hard. Right. So I will actually, in those moments, have empathy for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm breathing and now the empathy is for me. My child is like over the top tantruming. They're losing it. They're, you know, and I'm like, wow, this is incredibly overwhelming and hard for me right now. So you really want to do that because it is hard. It's a lot, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, especially if you had a long day at work or just a long day period and we're exhausted. And now this kid is just losing it after we asked them what they wanted for dinner. You know, like <laughs> just uh, <laughs> And so it's really stopping breathe and empathy for me. And the internal words, and I would put my hand on my heart if you can, and mm-hmm. the internal word would be, yeah, this is, wow, this is a lot. Don't know what's happening. I'm feeling kind of confused, overwhelmed, and uh, irritable right now. So I get it that this is, this is, this is the hard part of parenting. Yeah. So just straight empathy for me. Yes, yes. Right? I understand that as compassion, in yes. a sense. What you described before of the... We're standing at the edge of the pit for ourselves, right? Extending our hand in some sense to ourselves. Exactly. A hundred percent. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So then we're going to, uh, hopefully they're starting to calm a little bit, right? So they've gone from 10 to like an eight maybe in intensity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Then you can switch back to empathizing with them. Okay. Right. So saying, wow, that seems like you're having a hard time with X, whatever we said or whatever happened. Right. Just staying in that. Pause, right? We tend to then jump to, but <laughs> da 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 da, yeah, right? You know, yeah. we go on and into like whatever lecture mode or or teaching mode of of you must learn how to be a proper little little yes, kid, yes, you know. Yes. And so I'm I'm inviting you to actually pause again after you empathize. Right. What I do sometimes is I'm I'm doing my best internal dialogue. Don't react. Mm-hmm. stay whatever i'm talking to myself and then i just lose that so quickly sometimes and i <laughs> yeah I jump out of it totally i just thought totally i Which would is, say that because it's it's very human yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> it yeah, is yeah, totally. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know i think that all for all of us when we're guiding people on parenting take everything with a grain of salt like you're going to 
do what you just said yes, and still yes. lose it at times and all of those things. It's really more, am I willing to reflect and go, okay, I tried. That's one step closer. Yes. Right. Yes, you know, it, yes. it's still progress. And, yeah. and I think that's really important. Like progress, I can't where I just progress read this, but it was such a beautiful progress is a result. Hmm. Yeah. That's right? lovely. It's so good. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. God, I don't know why I could never remember yeah, who. Sure. <laughs> Anyways. That's really nice. Yeah. So, uh, so that's something to recognize rather than come back. Oh my, I couldn't do it. What did I do? Yeah. And ah, uh, like why? And then bash yourself. It's not, it's yeah. You, you you paused, you took a bird's eye view, you tried, and then, okay, you couldn't help yourself and you still let it out. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, next time we'll be just that much closer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's go back to yep. the scenario. So they're, they're now calming just a little bit and you've empathized with yourself and yep. now them. And then we're going to be able to say a fact, right? Something that is true. The first part could be, hey, sounds like that was really a hard time. You're having a really difficult time with whatever we just talked about. And I'm still here. Okay. I'm here with you. That's a fact. I'm here with you. It's literal. Right. Mm. That's helping them feel held. That's back to the belonging. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And the security of attachment. Just those words. I'm here with you. Then they start to regulate a bit more because they're like, okay, dad seems to be here with me. Right. (laughs) You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you can say, and you know, I'm wondering if we could sit down and and figure out what we're going to eat for dinner, right? Together, right now, whatever the. Again, this is situation sure. specific, but you can get into facts, and then that guidance or that lesson after the empathy. Right, so it's empathy and facts. Right, right. Because we paused, we can say and not but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, because but negates. I think yeah. we've heard this many times in parenting. Uh, so it's empathy and then a fact, right? After the fact, if I'm here with you, okay. Then when we're in having the talk, we can say, okay, what happened? You know, it sounds like you know that was really hard for you, and 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 let's look inward. Like what was going on? And then you can teach them to start looking inward at their body and like I don't know. I just I felt this like sudden panic and then i just lost it and like we'll open up that dialogue and say wow okay and then it can become funny mm-hmm. yeah. right uh, <laughs> it can. so that's the nice part it can become joyful and funny and, and silly and then we can troubleshoot it much more uh, simply mm-hmm. right and then at the end you can sort of say <clears throat> like i affirm you like you're amazing or you're awesome you know and i always like ending with some semblance of i believe in you okay like you can do this i know you got that like you not you got that i know I've, i'm with you and i know you can do this right right now what we just worked through was something i created it's a formula so that we can remember how to do this and it's i call it the be fabulous technique and the acronym i used was b-e-f-a-b so it was breathe empathize then state the facts, mm. then affirm, and finally believe, right? Um, you start with the BEF for yourself, mm-hmm. right? You know, okay. So the breathe, the empathy, and okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here, right? Uh, I'm okay, I'm safe, even though this is all happening. And then you switch to them, mm. right? So... It's a little more nuanced than that in terms of the sure. formula, but for just this is what we just went through. Right. Right. And in terms of the 
in the beginning, you mentioned the two for adults in some sense for themselves mm-hmm. to belong or to understand what that all means for themselves. And then by helping parents indirectly or directly, I'm not sure what the right word is there. The children are helped as well. Oh, yeah. Can we maybe go through, or I don't know if you have something else that you wanted to mention about that scenario. How how do we as adults understand these things personally? And maybe we can kind of talk about specific examples there. Yeah, totally. Does that make sense too as like a proper? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So our, our own sense of belonging. Yeah. Right. I think that as parents, a lot of us, see our children's behaviors as an indicator of whether we're doing a good job right (laughs) yes um so if they're having a tantrum i must be doing a bad job is somewhere happening in our minds right yes (laughs) so or i've done such a bad job up until this point which is why they're having a tantrum totally totally and what that's doing is at some level it's also saying i don't belong as a parent Right. Mm-hmm. I, I entered this land of parent world and there's a whole bunch of people who are parents. And now my child is not behaving, quote unquote, properly, right? <laughs> whatever that means. And I'm now having a threat in my system, right? Part of that threat is embarrassment. So for outside and they're behaving this way, there's embarrassment. Right. If they're inside, there's catastrophizing that they're going to do this outside, right? <laughs> so it's still embarrassment. Yes. So it, it's really to save us from embarrassment because embarrassment's not healthy for belonging. Right. And right? and is it, I'm so fascinated by the connection to our evolutionary roots mm-hmm. of tribal exactly. behavior. And is it, part of it is that sense that because whatever's happening is bad per se, the catastrophizing or the jumping to the worst case scenario is because of this behavior, I will be abandoned by that right. tribe or I won't be safe or protected or something. Exactly. So even though that's not true yes. today, yes. it was true at some point. And so that's what it's that same thing. It's that evolutionary right. anxiety that kicks in. So we have to acknowledge that that's what's happening here. Even if my child tantrums in the middle of a grocery store and everybody's staring at me, the lion is not eating me. Yeah. Right. I'm not actually being banished from this group. It just feels like to my like that to my system. And so I want to recognize that with kindness to myself again. It's like, okay, breathe, empathize. Wow, this is like freaking me out right now because it's it's my child is on the floor in the grocery and everybody's staring at me and I'm feeling literally like a threat. Yes. Even though technically there's no threat. They're just right. staring at right. you. But it feels horrible yes right how much of that is our own uh, i guess what i don't know what you would call it um injury to like our belonging injury or our past pain i guess from our own childhoods and etc is that all kind of happening in that in these moments or? yeah there's so many layers right mike yeah. i mean that's the that's the problem i wish i could tell you it was just this right yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. uh there's definitely gonna be layers around that so if there was a time in my life when people were staring at me when i was a little kid or i was being right, bullied right, right, right. or uh you know like racism or something like that yeah. was happening i'm gonna be activated at that level as well right right so there's a tribal piece evolutionary piece and right. then there's also just our life experiences okay. yeah yeah okay so we're in the grocery store or whatever we're reacting out of embarrassment or fear yes. of abandonment 
totally which is when we engage a child oh, stop it yes, this is ridiculous yes, yes. you know get up right you're embarrassing me like all of that which of course it's not helping this child who is having a meltdown probably because you just said no to the chocolate bar that's sitting right in front of them in front of the cash register right <laughs> you know i mean they do that to entice the child and then we give in and then we buy it right i mean this is the whole thing so mm-hmm. it's not the child's fault that it's right in front of them and so this is where it's like, I know you wanted that chocolate bar. I get it, kiddo. Like, I know the whole world is ending because you couldn't get that chocolate bar. And we need to get going, right? And we just gently kind of then move them through. But the truth is that when a child feels like we get it, they start to soften. It's just a truth, mm-hmm. right? When a child feels like we get it, they truly soften, and then we're able to do the navigating with them. Right? If they don't feel like we got it, they usually tell us, you don't get it, right? <laughs> Especially when they become teenagers. Yes. Then I ask you to pause, right? And then, help me get it. Hmm. Right? Help me get it, especially as the kids get older. Right. Right, not for a two-year-old, but as yeah. they get older. Help me get it. I, I want to understand. Like, you're right. I, obviously, I'm not getting it. Help me out. And with this tone, like a genuine, yes, yes, not a yes. help me out then, yeah, for yeah, God's sake. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. it's it's really a genuine like, wow. Okay, I thought I was. I'm trying. Like, can, can help me out here. Tell me what I need. I'm not. I'm not understanding. So maybe I need some help here. Hmm. And then you're inviting them in, right, to engage with you. Again, I'm here with you, right. This is the messaging, uh, and that's the fact part of the BFAB, right? When we're parenting as well. The fact is that I'm here with you. Right. And that message needs to be understood and felt by the child so that they can start to regulate. How do maybe you mentioned as they get older, a little bit more capable of, I guess, conversation, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word. How then, or I guess in your own experience or whatever, how do you see that process working with teens and as i'm asking you it's probably the same similar thing right similar Mm -hmm. process i guess but maybe an example of of a teen situation yeah so teens are obviously harder because there's been a dynamic until right they're 14 or whatever (laughs) right that's been playing out for years right so if i'm going to suddenly change my parenting or start to acknowledge my parenting that it's not going to happen overnight yes right um so it's one is telling the teen, hey, I'm trying here. Like, I'm actually working on it. I recognize that maybe I didn't do things the way I could have. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying now. So can you work with me? That's right, right. Introduce that. Whenever I work with a parent with teens, I'm like, you need to tell them. Right. Because otherwise, why should they believe that you're going to be doing anything differently? Right, right. right. And, and sorry to interrupt you. That's yeah. such a, because you've mentioned this in our past conversations, that's really part of the parent owning their mm. crap right and owning their side of this whole story without totally. dumping it on the kid exactly yeah. okay. exactly right and i like parents to own it to give them back control by the way hmm. right it's not nice. to self-blame right right it's right. actually like oh if i actually change things i have more control again <laughs> so <laughs> so recognize that, right. that i'm, I'm yes. actually re-empowering you yes. i'm not disempowering you by saying oh i made a mistake i'm not asking you to to like drop to your knees and yeah. ask for forgiveness this is not like a, this is genuinely just a a state of hey wow i'm looking at how things have gone and mm-hmm. they didn't go as i expected and 
I'm looking at maybe I did have an impact here. Maybe it wasn't all me because life has other experiences, but my part, yeah, maybe I didn't help. So I want to look at how I can now change that. Right. Letting them know that is no child is going to look at you and and disregard you for <laughs> right, that. Right. Right. Can we linger on that for a bit? Because that's yeah. such a huge one. The internal dialogue narrative. If I do acknowledge that in the past I wasn't, or I could have behaved better or supported you differently, etc. The assumption is that that we'll lose control, or why do you think? we hold on to that pride yeah it's ego pride yeah. that's uh, built in to again protect us but it's not helpful <laughs> anymore uh at all yes yes right. and and how do you is that really just how you help parents or people let go of that is to really guide them to see it as unhelpful or to that's step one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I go into my own process with the parents around self-soothing. Yeah. And I use the BFAB technique actually directly with them. Yeah. Only for them with their, like as an inner child kind of a piece there that huh. we're working with. Yeah. So when I'm activated by my child, it's not actually adult me who's reacting and getting mm. dysregulated. It's a young part of me that, like you had said, had an experience right. or something right. that was missing. And so that's the part that's activated. Right. And so what what I do, we could do this for fun if you want, but sure. I, 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 um, I created this thing called a heart couch. Yeah. Okay, so a heart couch is a safe space that is yours to access anytime you want because it's in your imagination mm -hmm. uh, or it's a felt sense. So if you're not a visualizer, you can feel the sensation of the right. heart couch. Okay. Right. And the heart couch is going to be any design you want and it's going to be I'll, I'll just give you mine so my heart couch is a like victorian style sleigh bed looking thing with red velvet and it's quite firm there's a few cushions on it but they're also firm it, it and it just it allows me to kind of just lay back and feel i'm being held right the interesting part about this is I have a very modern style when it comes to my house and, <laughs> and how I do things like very minimalistic and simple. And I'm like, where is this coming from? Right. You know, but I, I checked in with my own inner child and she's like, no, this is what it's going to look like. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so that is my heart couch. Uh, so I invite you to find okay. that you can design it or it can be something from the past. I've actually had one client tell me that they, they, um, they, they love their tree house when they were young or climbing a tree. And so they were in that tree. And mm. I'm like, as long as you're feeling stable and safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if it's a past thing, I wanted to make sure that you're not taking something that had sometimes it was safe. Right, right. right. So either design it or, or draw one from the past. So let's let you do that now. Yeah, I often have multiple images. And generally, I do connect to the more felt sense of just being... Mm. feeling I, I don't know why I have a resistance to the word safe but that is the word a place to be, and protected held yeah held held, held yeah. is a, is how it feels really um and sometimes I can settle into a particular image but okay so I have my sense of being held beautiful beautiful so you that is now yours it's no one else's it's always there for you and so when you're activated, let's say your teenager has activated you, you're feeling 
uh, disrespected, you're feeling overwhelmed, you're like, you just confused, you don't know what to do. You're going to imagine you sitting on this heart couch. And then I want you to bring in, so that's going to be a younger part of you. And then I'm going to, I want you to bring in either adult you or any other compassionate other that you can think of mm-hmm. uh, to come into that seat with you, into that chair or space with you. And that compassionate other, whether that's adult you or whether that's, I don't know, doesn't matter who, someone. Gandalf. Gandalf, Gandalf. perfect. Or okay. Yoda, somebody like Yoda, that. Yoda, beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Yes, I love, this is what I love when I do this, is that people have the best, yeah. <laughs> best other. I, and so we're going to bring in that compassionate other, and they are going to use BFAB on you. Right. Okay, so they're going to breathe with you. So you're going to take the breath together. So I mean, imagine they're with you. They Maybe they put their hand on your shoulder and they say, let's breathe together. And you do the four second inhale, six second exhale, two, three times. Then you're going to empathize. It's so hard when your child reacts that way and starts yelling at you and screaming at you that they hate you and that you're the worst parent in the world. That's That feels terrible. And... Right here, right now, you're safe with me. That's the fact. Right Mm -hmm. here, right now, you're safe with me. And then Yoda will say, and you're amazing. I'm with you. I've got you. And I know you can do this. I believe in you. And we just stay in that space for a little bit because now... We're feeling the support. We're feeling the connection to that compassionate other or to our adult selves. We're reminding ourselves that we're safe, right? So we're seeing you. Yoda's seeing you. Yoda is helping you feel safe. Right here, right now, we are safe. It's the truth. Mm-hmm. If we're conjuring up this heart couch, we're definitely safe, you know, from actual 911 threat, right? And uh, I'm soothing you. Right, I've got you, I'm here with you, we've done the breath, all of these are soothing techniques. And then finally, it's an I believe in you, right? We can do this, I've got you. And then we step back in to have a conversation with our teenager to say, hey, that was really hard, you know, to hear you say that you hate me like that. And I get it, right? I get it. Talk to me, like what's happening, mm-hmm. right? Clearly, I'm not understanding what's going on for you. Help me out, I'm here with you. And then we do have with them if we need to. Right. So it, it's just used as a template, mm-hmm, right? right? You know, but it gives sort of an order and the order matters. Yes. Right. Because if I just go to, hey, I believe in you and I'm dysregulated, you're like, well, who cares? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, not yeah, going to. Yeah, yeah. But once I've done the comforting and soothing and safety and all that, then I can shift into. Right. So we've done that BFAB for ourselves in those moments. Mm-hmm. Do you often hear people push back against these kind of things? My understanding of some of the pushback in these practices is if I'm kind to myself or if I bring myself this attention, then I'm uh, never going to do anything or I'll never solve the problem or Mm. then I'm just letting myself off the hook or letting my child off the hook or Mm. that that resistance from the hyper-driven or problem-solving reactive place. Totally. Yeah. So I'm going to just answer that with science. Okay. 
when we are overwhelmed, dysregulated, when our child is, or when we are, we are just entirely in our in our emotional brain, right? In our in our limbic system, mm-hmm. and it's it's truly overwhelming our entire brain mm-hmm. right? because it's it again it thinks there's a threat. So we can't actually be productive in that state. You can pretend to be, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> you're not actually being creative, bringing genuine like wisdom, all of that to the table. Right. You're just going through tasks and motions. Right. Right. So it can look that that's what I call productive busying. It's just a distraction from real productivity. Right. And is it similar to the pride and ego thing you described before? There's a well, I don't know. I it's a good question. It may be some elements of it, but I actually mm-hmm. feel like it's more from a learning, a coping strategy. Ah, yeah. Right. I don't yeah. like distress. Yeah. So I'm just going to like get down to work. Right. I, I gotta, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, yeah. And you push through that way. Right. And, and you, again, you're not really bringing good productivity. Right. You're getting things done maybe, but are you getting them done in a beautifully like creative and, and like cool way? Yeah. Or is it just knocking on things off? Right. 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 So again, I'm going to just say that I, I don't believe you actually are. So people who say they are, yeah. are you really is what I'm getting right, at. Right. You know, yeah. and I'm saying that very politely, like, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like yeah. asking yeah. you to reflect, yeah. you know, with compassion that if you learn that technique, understand it, that it's a coping technique and is it really serving you? And if I did drop into a BFAB technique, let's just, just we're using that one. Yeah. Um, if I did use it, this practice, is it softening me? Is it I'm going to be a pushover? No, it's softening me to then be able to come with wisdom, right? Right, using my executive functioning, right, using my frontal lobe, which is where the insight is. Yes, and the empathy and all those things, your organization, all of it. So I want to get myself back in the front of my brain, <laughs> so that I can do what I'm doing right. with an in an effective way. Right, right, right. I think I understand it. Or I've accepted this in myself, although I'm sure there's always moments where I'm not. The idea, as you describe, letting go here or allowing all of this to happen is is progress, is taking action in some sense. Totally. And it does make us stronger. It, I think, particularly for people... Obviously, it's more common in men, but it's definitely common in many women. That masculine-esque energy of must keep going, must Mm. be, in some sense, it is a bit of an illusion, must be strong and push through or whatever. It's so strong in us. And there is a, well, at least I know in me, there is a resistance to accepting that the strength is actually in the allowing mm. or in the letting go or not trying to fix or something like that in those moments. Totally, totally. And I'm just going to acknowledge that letting go to me needs to be accompanied by soothing. Right. Because it is freaking me out to let go. Right. Right. Because right. of, of right. the history and everything. Yes. Right. So. Yes. Just surrender. I always say surrender and soothe, right? Uh, yeah. uh, 
so that you you're, you're recognizing I need that. Like, wow, right. this was not easy. I'm trying to let this go, but actually, my whole system is feeling making me feel sick while I'm trying to let this yeah, go. This yeah, can't be yeah, right, yeah, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so we we went, we're trusting the the bigger bird's eye view picture of it, but we are feeling in the trenches like this this is not right, right? Because this right. makes me feel sick. Yes. So we need to soothe that part mm. through again just a hand on the heart a breath is mm-hmm, fine mm-hmm. right and allowing that to then realize again we're safe right so the bfab technique helps you stay right. in surrender by soothing right. and help you feel that safety and that security right right then it's like okay i can i can i can i can let this go now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? and then uh, i want to look at our mindset struggle um mm. like struggle mindset i mean yeah that that this is something that's ingrained in so many of us, right? That that struggling is the way. Yes. And this could be from childhood of seeing our parents like, you know, work really, really hard and come home exhausted and that they struggled and maybe they've complained about the day or who knows what. But there's like this that's how life that's how life is, right? It's a struggle. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so like get real. You yeah. know, that's that's reality. Right. How do we honor that though? Because it is a struggle. Hmm. Is it? It is a struggle, and we don't have to struggle with the struggle or something like that. Life is, life does include suffering. Definitely. And so, yeah, I think oftentimes in that context, the lines get blurry as to accepting that it is a struggle doesn't mean we kind of lay down and give up, right? right? It's, and then. But it also doesn't mean a push through. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. 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 So I think that the, the yeah, struggles will be presented yeah. to us. Yeah. Uh, str- I mean, pain will be presented to sure. us. Uh, the struggle, I think, is is a little bit of a yeah, choice. Sure, sure. Pain right? is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Exactly. Right, right. Right. Exactly. And I think that's where if we recognize when the pain hits us, yeah. we can look at it as, oh, gosh, another struggle. Yeah. Right. Another thing you see, this is life. It's terrible. And (laughs) like, uh, or we could say, okay, yeah, another pain hit us because we're human and that's what life brings us pain and joy. Yes. Yes. Uh, And have I learned how to navigate it? Have I learned to comfort myself through it? Have I learned to then say, okay, now that I'm calm and I'm looking at this pain, is there anything I can do with it? right are there some solutions now that i can actually apply right because i'm back to using my frontal lobe where all my wisdom is you know so mm-hmm. this is the the beautiful part about soothing is i'm i'm opening myself up to look at the pain so that i don't have to struggle or minimize it mm-hmm. right and and i think that's what people are are not clear on right that soothing isn't some softy thing to do. Yeah, yeah. It actually brings us to great wisdom. Right, right, right. It's infused in there, and I think you said it earlier, the the, the courage piece infused mm. in this whole process is courage, or it is courageous because it's scary and difficult and uncomfortable. And totally. it, it's the building block of, who knows, of, of, I hesitate to say the word progress or growth or development, mm. that kind of thing. I know in expansion is how i like to yeah, say it. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. so there's a, to to bring in a kind of analogy that's a bit outside the topic it, from aa there's mm. principles behind the steps the first step is honesty which simply is just in in the addiction thing it's i'm 
I got problems. I'm an addict or I'm an alcoholic and I can't right. do this anymore. But in any situation, it's this is what's happening, so to speak. And then we go to hope. So if I can be honest about this, I can hope that things can get better. The principle of step three is faith, that if I have hope and honesty, things will get better. And then the fourth step is courage. So that's that piece of, can I look myself in the mirror or be willing to accept all these difficult things about myself and that I've done and et cetera to move forward. And there's something about that. It's a, it's the paradox of we think it's weakness or we think it's giving up or maybe we think it's embarrassment too. Maybe it is embarrassment in some ways, but it actually turns into strength or however you want to describe strength. Mm -hmm. Does that yeah. fit here yeah. in some ways? Yeah, for sure. I think that the, you know, the whole, I think the theme here is acceptance at some level, right? right? You right. know, and being able to just stay in the moment with that acceptance that this is happening. Yes, yes. Right, whether it's the pain or whether it's the joy or right, whether it's the right. tantrum, which is pain, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's accepting that it's yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. And we're still safe. Right. Right, like. Yeah. That, that's. Because I want us out of our, 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 you know, reptile brain, I want us to recognize that we're safe, right. even though this is, and again, I'm only talking here, yeah. where there's no war and, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is, this is in a safe space where we can say this, that when there's something happening in front of us and my kid is losing it on me or saying they hate me or whatever that looks like, we're technically still safe. Mm. And then I can get out of that brain and back into my frontal lobe and go, okay, yes, that was not nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was yes. not a pleasant experience whatsoever. And let's think about, you know, how I can empathize. Because actually empathy also comes from the frontal lobe. So mm. I can empathize and then I can come up with them, come up with solutions or things with them if there are any. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess how else in your day-to-day -day life or how are how are or would would you add anything to anything we've discussed or are there any kind of components of bfab or other yeah. practices in this regard i mean i, I just want to get back to the confidence yeah. piece which is our goal yeah. right and when we practice bfab we are paving the road to be able to courageously take steps because right like courage, pushing through and being courageous, again, isn't this no pain, no gain thing uh, is actually Dr. Rick Hansen just did a little post on that saying they've researched it and they've shown that it's not actually good. That statement is bad, right? No pain, no gain has no place here, right, which is right. so wonderful because I've yeah. always said that because, uh, again, the pain will be there. But soothing it is okay. Yeah, right. Right. right you know, right, right. and then we have the gain. Just right. enduring pain because we're supposed to somehow right, right, isn't right. helpful. Right. So yeah, let's distinguish that. Pain without soothing or comforting or acknowledgement is not gain. Right. Right. Okay. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. There on that point too, just to bring this another one of Paul Bloom's books hmm. is I can't remember the exact uh the title. It's more recent. It's <clears throat> He goes into a lot of the science around voluntary pain or voluntary struggle 
does equate to meaning and purpose and happiness. Mm. And those are the things that we choose to do that are difficult. Totally. Lead to the other side. So I just, that was a bit of a side, but yeah, it no, applies I, I love here, that. right? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, and that, that it can it can really have more way more meaning right. because we've sensed and felt how horrible it is. Right. So it brings around more empathy, actually, yeah. which is funny. Yeah. <laughs> so um, It's all semantics in the yeah, description. Exactly, yes, yes. exactly. And I don't know if he would say this, but I don't think there's anything wrong with comforting it once you face the pain. Yeah, agreed. Ag- right. I think agreed. Yeah, so, yeah. And I think that's the goal here is that face it with comforting and kindness so that I can use my wiser brain to yeah, then yeah. tackle it yeah. and have, again, more purpose and meaning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I could do parenting and just be outraged about it all. Right. Like I could just sit here, like you know, if we don't change our parenting, yeah, then yeah. you know our kids are being. Why would I do that? Like it's 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 not helpful, right? So I want to acknowledge that hey, we're causing some pain for our kids when we're not seeing them and soothing them and all of that. Right. And I'm helping you out with acknowledging yourself through the BFAB technique that it's hard and we need to change. Right. 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 Okay, so we're back to this the pain, okay? Yeah, so when we yeah. when we have pain and we are um, introduced to pain, we can comfort ourselves yeah. so that what we can then take courageous steps more easily. Right. So if I keep enduring things and taking risks and just pushing through courageously, still, it's still courageous, but it's a lot harder and it's a lot more exhausting. Yeah, and you get right? burnt out faster and totally. it's harder to pull out from that. Exactly. Right. So yet to be confident, we all know that it's through taking courageous steps. Right? I can't be confident in anything unless I'm doing it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> uh, so but to do it can feel scary, whether that's like, I don't know, even sitting down to play the drums, for example, it's not scary technically, but sometimes I get a brain cramp and I'm like, oh, forget it. I don't want to do it. And then I'm like, no, let me breathe. Come back to it. I know it's hard. It's actually tricky to learn all these little techniques, acknowledge that, and then I come back and then I'm able to do it, hmm. right? Versus, no, just sit down and do it, do it, Julia. Right, come on. Right, like, right. A, you yeah, know, yeah. you want a drum, you said, so just <laughs> sit down. But it's not helpful to do it like that. That that critical voice is just like, forget it, I'm, I'm out. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, because um, I can be a little rebellious against those voices myself. So mm-hmm. I acknowledge that. So it's really, what's the best way to help me get to do the things I want to do so that I take enough courageous steps to then get confident. And for me, using BFAB helps us because it's soothing our system as we're taking these scary Mm -hmm. steps, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So that's the goal is to really get to true unconditional confidence because I know how to comfort myself. Right. And that's what I want to teach parents how to do for their kids because then they can get out in the world and know that they can handle it, right? Because mm-hmm. one, they know we've got them. Right? We're always there at yeah. some level, energetically yeah. even. And even after we've passed on, I want them to know that energetically, hey, you know what? I know mom's got me. Yeah. Right? So, and they're carrying that forward. And that's what my goal with, is with parents is right. that the kids internalize that not mine. Everybody, every parenting person's goal yeah, is that yeah. is to internalize that and really being able to step out into the world. And where, I guess it's a worry. Then we have to trust, right, that hmm. whether or not they internalize it and take it out, that we've done everything we can 
to help them do so. Because I also think, well, we can't not worry, but we can relate to the worry in ways that are more helpful is, yeah, we send them out in the world. And then I guess part of, I am in a, my son's almost 11, my daughter's eight. And I know at some point, I think I have definitely have anxiety around the teenage years and them going off. Right. Mm, and, mm-hmm. and is it that we, we can't control all that. We can't for the people like me who may worry about those things. How do we, <laughs> do we just bring back, go back to the BFAB around that worry about yeah. sending them off and not having control over what goes on? If we ever did have control to begin with. Well, that's the point. We never yeah. did, but yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, of course we're going to be concerned for their safety yeah. and their wellness and all of that. But I think, you know, for me, when I sent Tillian off to university, there was a, of course, mix of missing her at home and also just this excitement of, wow, she's getting out there in the world. And I think that I just came back to, I know that she knows I'm always here. Right, right, right. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I'm here, you go do your thing. Right. I'm here, you go do your thing. And I know she knows that. And if she, if I thought she didn't, I would say, say it. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, if there's any question, it's just like, hey, I want to make sure you really know that no matter what happens or what you do out there, I'm here. Right. Right. So that I'm creating that safe space for her to come to, feel comforted, and bounce back out there again. Mm-hmm. Right. Because she's going to hit things. She, I mean, so is Priyana. Yeah. So this is this is the reality. And Priyana being in the arts and in a, in a much different uh, world, you know, is is very unnerving at times. Right. You know, she was uh, going to meet some producers and and their names were hilarious i can't say them out loud but they're hilarious and and uh and i and hilarious what i mean by that is they were so tough sounding right and i to me and i had this like whole interpretation story i told myself in my mind as to what these guys are like and everything i'm like okay that's not true (laughs) you know but i had to comfort myself around that and i said to priyana i'm like I texted her, I'm like, am I seriously letting you just go off with these two people who I don't know and who are, and I'm like, well, not quite. I'm going to check them out. I'm going to make sure that she's safe, actually, mm-hmm. right? But then I had to soothe myself on the rest of it. Right, right. Right, because she's got to get out in the world. She's got to meet people. They're going to have whatever names they yeah, have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that was my story. <laughs> yes. Right, you know, and I had to kind of acknowledge it, but, but letting her know, we joked about it. So my point is that if we're having this conversation, then they know we're part of their life in that right, sense. Right. Then they can get out in the world and again, come back. And if something, God forbid, bad happens, I'm there. Right? Like again, mm-hmm. like we said pain mm-hmm. will happen in life. Yeah. And so I want to be there to comfort, not to freak out and then them having to take care of me. Yeah. We're yeah. full circle back to yeah. the beginning of this yeah. conversation. Yeah, yeah. Good. Ha. <sighs> Anything else kind of that we didn't mention or that you want to ensure gets tied up to the end of that? You know, I think uh, we covered a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, and at the end of the day, the message I want to leave to parents is know that it's a very confusing job, right? Acknowledge that it's a very overwhelming, confusing job. And when we pause to just acknowledge ourselves first, we are really doing our children a favor. Hmm. 
it's not the opposite right it's not push 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 go 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 it's all about them pause comfort yourself recognize how hard it is and then step back in you will be doing everybody a favor right yeah wonderful any other in, in terms of your life these topics other kind of ideas or how do you see these things playing out in the world or maybe that's too broad of a question i have two thoughts one is around social media and teens mm. and parenting etc another around we've talked about this a little bit privately i think privately maybe online too uh around like sort of the cultural and individual relationship to identity that we're all engaged in right now and that's usually Mm -hmm. racial social sex gender political economic etc it's so tricky to balance the spiritual teachings or ancient teachings of identity creates suffering and it matters and so i'm maybe that's a topic we don't necessarily have to go but i'm curious if you have any thoughts on that and and then the separate totally separate is like social media although that does reinforce our attachment to identity right mm-hmm. with our profiles and our this and our that and our interests and our etc oh the jack cornfield who's a very well known mm-hmm. mindfulness teacher what does he say he says we need to remember our Buddha nature and our social security number. <laughs> so we have to exist in the world yes. with all these things, but we also have to remember that these things are often barriers to our contentment. Totally, totally. I mean, the identity piece, I think, is a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so which we could definitely yeah. dive into. I don't know if today is yeah, the yeah, day yeah. for that. Um, the social media piece is obviously relevant, which I think everybody Yeah. Uh, wants to know more about and understand my personal view of it is i understand the research around not being healthy and you know scrolling constantly and everything and i agree with that i agree with the you know your thumb moving across Mm -hmm. the the page so quickly and the brain not being able to multitask like that because it's not good for our brain to multitask so i agree with all of that i think that sadly that's what's out there right now and so to adapt we need to like just give ourselves small doses of it or allow small doses so everything's always in moderation that's what my dad always said and i agree with it that you know saying no completely may not be helpful uh, in this case when it's part of our life right right you know and and it is like whether that's good or bad is not the point it is so because it is and teenagers will and adults will engage in social media scrolling the the key is how do we do it so that it's moderate right and even for me i can catch myself like wow okay i've been on too long my brain's feeling fried right Mm -hmm, (laughs) you know mm -hmm. so it's really how do we set those limitations with our kids so that they don't feel resentful and that still goes back to, am I their safe space? Right. Right. Do the, have I earned, and I mean this, have I earned their respect? Yeah. You know, because kids aren't just supposed to respect us. Yeah. That's old school yeah. beliefs. And yeah. it's not true. Right. And the only reason it looked like we used to be respected was because we were hit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
So that's how the old generations worked, right? You know, that's what brought respect. Right. And that's not respect. That's fear. Yeah. So, and I write that in my book. Like, if you want fear, respect, then okay. Like, you know, you're not allowed to hear, but I just, but you can fear them into respecting you or you can hear them into respecting you. Right. Right. So shift from the fear to the hear and you will see like much better results right. when it comes to right. social media and limiting these things. Right. right. And how, I guess some, I'm trying to imagine what people would say. Some people would say, yeah, but my child can't regular moderate their consumption or whatever. In, in certain cases, I guess it all depends, right? It's individual. And so for kids who are unable to moderate themselves or control themselves or whatever, again, that, that word control is elusive. Yeah. How, how would you, encourage someone to abstain for lack of a better word mm -hmm. or not go that way if they can't. Yeah. If they haven't got the tools yet in themselves. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, still comes back to our relationship with the child. Right. So to, to be able to say, Hey, you know, Hey kiddo, I know you really want to be on this right now. I get that. And we know that you can't stop, right? right We've seen right. this happen, yeah, yeah, right? That's yeah. just a fact yeah. and it should be evidence. It's like yeah. true. Yeah. And uh, and so we need to limit it, right? So from tomorrow or whenever, like make a rule, it's going to be from 4 to 4.30 and then you hand it over. And there's no con... So people go, or, or what, right, right? right? You know, the consequence thing. And again, when you're being reasonable, like, look, you know, you do this and then we have this cranky night and I'd rather have a really nice night with you instead of a battle, so they don't want the battle, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And this conversation, by the way, is happening not in the moment when yes, you're, yes, uh, yes, this yes. is later uh, yes. when you're just hanging out and say, okay, I'm seeing a problem. I see that every day you come home, you're on your social media. I have a battle with you. You're not getting off. I need you off. There's things to do. I just want you to off of it, period. Yeah. Uh, and I'm tired. I can't do that anymore, right? I don't want to do that. I don't think you like it. Like, do you like the battle? Right, you know, and ask them, and I don't think they'll say yes unless they're being a goof, right? It's being silly, uh, but you can play with that, and then you can actually work with what will work, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Let's troubleshoot this together. So, is it going to be forty-five minutes the first day? We're slowing it down, right? Is it going to be like what is it going to be? Right. So, if they were doing six hours, and you know, let's not try and make it thirty minutes. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. realistic. So, because we can't go full, right? If this was like AA and like, okay, well, I'm done yeah, drinking, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. full. We yeah. don't have alcohol in the house. We don't, but again, that's not reality of today. Yeah. The social media piece is available and accessible. So we, we can't treat it that way as an addiction like alcohol where right, we can right. say no. But this, so let's slowly wean and then we can uh, come up with like the final number or goal it's like, okay, like 45 minutes after school, something like that. Right. And then if it's for socializing, because a lot of kids will be like, but I need it to socialize. Yeah. Then it's going to be like switching to texting, right? Uh, we're going to have to have some limits if it got out of control. So DMing within Instagram, I don't think you can control scrolling mm -hmm. while it's there to say it's not realistic. You're not going to be able to yeah. go and DM for Instagram and not scroll yeah right that's not possible it's we're setting ourselves up for failure yeah, yeah, let's yeah, not yeah, do that yeah. so again we're having a discussion about it right 
right so yeah does that it does feel yeah reasonable? i the only thing i would i agree it's not the same as a like consuming substances in terms of the abstinence thing although mm-hmm. i do know clients who are teens who do not use social media so it's mm-hmm. not that we can't and i'm not sure if you were sort of it's um saying this that it is possible for teens not to go on social media of course yeah right and yeah. just wanted to make sure that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah totally it is possible yeah, but yeah. you guys have to have a really good contract about right, it right and, yeah 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 and yeah. uh come to a realization that is truly like damaging right right, right. and so it, in the cases where it is damaging it is a possible plan i guess for that person or for any person in in some sense yeah and I think that the the goal there is, yeah, if it's damaging, so you're seeing that they're so addicted, they yeah. can't live without it. They're agitated right, when you right, have right, taken right. it, right? They're not sleeping at night. Obviously, it needs to stop. Right. But again, it's a conversation with them to say, do you see what's happening? Yeah, yeah, right. right? right, and, right. and then soothing them because they're going to have like withdrawal symptoms, no right? Doubt, no doubt, so, no doubt, no doubt, yeah. That's yeah. the comforting. It can't be, see, right. I told you, this is what's happening. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, we we have to come to yeah this is really hard right i know and you're doing a great job right i know you can do this i'm here with you i got you right right so back to bfab actually yeah, yeah, even yeah, in yeah. that totally so, totally yeah <sighs> okay any uh last uh what are interests you have or things you think about wonder about in the world um you know if you could write if you could uh if you were president of the world or ruler of the world for a, for a day or something and you could change anything you wanted, uh, what do you kind of daydream about in that way? Yeah, that people really, honestly, it is yeah. to take that pause and be able to look inward with kindness to yourself and seek the supports. Right. Talk to people. Seek the supports. We're here to expand and grow and and be creative and use those minds. And I feel like so many of us are stuck in that fear brain. Mm-hmm. And I get it. And there are ways now to shift out of that. So you come by it naturally. So not self-blaming here. Right. You know, and acknowledge that maybe it's not serving me or my kids. And so to take the time to recognize that we all deserve that. Like if I could just help people realize yeah, that we all yeah. deserve it, because that's, I think, where we're missing. People don't want to do these techniques because they don't actually deep down believe they deserve yes, it. Yes, and yes, I, yes. And I wish that people could see that they all do and that when we do see that, we all improve. All right. Thank you. I don't yeah. can't add anything to that. That's wonderful. Maybe you can also point people in any direction to kind of, find your work and yeah if you want to it'll be in the show description but if you want to also yeah mention it yeah now, yeah i mean everybody could email me with any uh uh not questions but any ways they like interest they have in terms of how i can work with them yeah. uh individual i'm not doing so many anymore but i am creating different groups and i i'm starting actually something called the i believe in you league which is the Ivy League, and it's right now for South Asian parents living in North America, one day to expand to more. But the the goal there is to to raise unconditionally confident kids and to learn how to do that. So, uh, you know, belonging at drjuliasen.com is the email. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
to to go to so it should be easy to remember uh and uh and uh, if you're interested in the ivy league or or some other ways just let me know and if i can't help i can point you in the right direction and uh yeah and then finally i guess mike the only thing i didn't say that i i think is important mm -hmm. is uh the bfab technique and all these things are situational but on a daily basis i would love it if the world was practicing a thing i created for, which is a it's called the habit of heart and that's what this whole umbrella is and the habit of heart is just a simple daily exercise for us and it's when you're brushing your teeth just put your hand on your other hand on your heart and imagine yourself on your heart couch and again with that compassionate other or with yourself and just say these three things i've got you you're safe with me and i believe in you and I just want this every day. Hmm. If people start doing that, right? Out, and again, because it's the compassionate other or adult self telling the young self, it feels real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not me just looking in a mirror yeah, trying yeah, to affirm. Yeah. It, it's yeah. actually, yeah, I could take that in. right? Because I think that is going to be the goal to getting to what I was talking about, which is that we all deserve to be here and to do well. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye.